Good morning. You're listening to the Fat Boy Show, and you know what everyone's talking about right now? Politics. Everyone wants to come to grips with what's happening. Everyone wants to have a good understanding of what's happening. Everyone wants to discuss what's happening and what sense can be made of it. And so we like to do that here also. Joining us in a conversation about how to understand what's happening in Uganda today and what we can expect to see in the near future, we're joined by Siraji Nsanja. He's a political analyst and also political science lecturer at Kampala University. Uh, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. How are you? Great. Thank you. So I guess uh, for those who may not uh, know who you are, can you just explain to them who you are and what you do? I am just the lecturer of politics at Kampala University. Ah, okay. That would mean you're the right guy to talk to, to understand what's happening in Uganda today. So, um, what would you say uh, give about the current political atmosphere in Uganda? We are in the middle of a presidential general election campaign that is turning chaotic day after day, uh, characterized by the spontaneous violence incident across the different rallies and uh, other uh, other sports. Ah, okay. So, um, so do you feel as though um, it is... Uh, some people may say that uh, different sides have a different role to play in the escalation of violence we're seeing. While there can mm. be no doubt that uh, the police is using excessive force in order to repel or to in order to disperse crowds that they deem should not be gathering... Do you feel that uh, on the part of the politicians who these uh, supporters rally around, that they too have a role in the escalation of these sorts of tensions? So, for example, should the politicians be saying to their people, hey, don't fight with police? For starters, when you look at, the, at this, this time of the, this time of the presidential campaign, it is a dry campaign, a campaign without issues. Just each camp is just counter-choosing the other one. We don't, they don't have grounded agendas that if we get through we are going to do this one for the population. So in the midst of that one, it turns out to be a provocative and a counter-accusative campaign. So what the opposition does is to provoke the police and then that police reacts, reacts with the maximum force and then they score a point. They get the sympathy vote and they expose the police to appear as if police is brutal. Then when you look at the other side of the NRM, equally, they don't have a convincing manifesto or issues to put up. So in the face of that, they also just try to bow down or accusing the opposition of flouting the COVID-19 rules and regulations. So in the midst of that, tension grows up, and then we have these stages of violence and theaters of violence becoming the order of the day because the campaign is quite dry. They don't have Israel. This is, this is true. And now it's not as though the, the various candidates don't have issues or policy agendas they're standing on. It's just that the public doesn't seem to be interested in discussing them. Instead, almost always the conversation goes back to remove Museveni. Uh, or if it's on the other side, it is opposition is bad. There is never any substantive discussion on the actual policies that either side are proposing. Do you blame the candidates for this or do you blame the public that seems to show very little interest in these sorts of discussions? And because they respond 
more to these emotional diatribes in which uh, personal attacks are made against different candidates, that that's the direction the discourse is going. I would not blame the public because the public is on the receiving end in the start. They are supposed it is the politicians to prepare what they are going to take to the public. And then the public as clients, they have to receive this one from the different service providers. We take the service providers for this case to be the political parties and the different candidates running for the different slots. So in the sense that these candidates don't have much to offer. And they are before the public. So we want to lure this public to be on their part. So got in between a political bankruptcy and the unexpected public, the politicians have to pick on petty, petty issues. And this time around, some people take interest in flouting the COVID-19 as the only thing that can keep on going because it will attract that police force when the police will rise get hard on them, and when the police gets hard on them, then somehow, somehow, they appear as if they are being hard pushed by the state and its agencies. That is the one interpretation. In the other interpretation, there was poor and ill preparation on both sides. When you look at what it takes to run a political campaign, to run a presidential race, and you look at, in some camps, they are just going for fundraising, they don't have resources. In other camps, candidates cannot move in some areas because they don't have resources. They are resource constrained. So in order to hide that weakness, they turn to provoking the police. And then in the end, it is the police which is paying off by appearing as if it is uh, not uh, harassing the opposition. That interpretation could be there. Do you think? Uh, let me ask you. Do you think? Do you think it's still working though? Uh, someone coined the term to describe it. They, they call it tear gas politics. Uh, mm. The public seems to be increasingly aware of the tendency for people to uh, seek altercations and confrontations with police, so that they might get headline, you know, news coverage, front page coverage about how you could say they're being oppressed and so forth, and they use this to draw sympathy. Do you think that still works in today's climate, or um, are people more suspicious of it? The people are not suspicious of it because it, in some cases it can work, but the challenge is it, it is not sustainable. In the short run, it's got in the name of the public sympathy, but carrying on and dragging on the public while a little bit getting complacent to the reality, getting the used with it, and it was no longer bringing out that political capital that they hoped or they longed for it. So in the sense of like uh, innovatively trying an innovative way in the middle of the campaign, it is proving to be not easy coming. So in the sense of that, we see some politicians trying to pick on, taking the the campaign to pick, to speak tribal and ethnic issues, maybe that if they beat you on that one or they bank on those ones, they might get them somewhere. They can get them already accumulated political capital. So we are targeted there. So in the end, the campaign is becoming boring and it is likely to affect the voter turnout. That is the the likely, the likely danger is likely to get us. 
Now, would you do you think the opposition have done themselves no favors this time around by fielding so many candidates? In the past, there were few presidential candidates. Now, there's more than 10. Um, don't you think this undermines their chances of unseating the incumbent that all of the opposition candidates are insisting is their goal? The opposition, by fielding in many candidates, wouldn't have been a problem, but the quality of the candidates in the race also matters. When you look at, apart from the Alliance of Financial Transformation, the UP candidates, and maybe to some extent the FDC candidates, these other candidates, they are just, they are just direct, but they are not pushing up some something fight for, for the public to feel that they are worth it that you vote. Uh, most of these other seven or six other opposition candidates, they don't merit the quality that you deserve with this level of the presidential race as if we are to take it serious. So, then, so, on the other part, mm-hmm. then on the other part, even the political parties themselves, they don't have structures. If they had the structures down there, maybe they would have opted for the structure door to door campaign that but because even the structures are not primarily functional, they are just function for the sake in sub in form, but not in substance. We are fighting that even parties at this time they would have resorted to 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 use the use of structures. But even the structures are not there. So we are it is a, a, a little bit getting more spoiled day in day out because of the ill preparation of the different political camps. Okay, now, um, now some of the supporters for the bigger opposition political candidates uh, have an interesting conspiracy theory, and I wanted uh, your thoughts on it. They believe that because uh, their candidate poses a threat, that uh, the establishment has planted candidates who have no real chance of winning, but will do a lot of damage to divide the opposition vote. And so that some of these candidates that purport to be opposition are actually planted there by the regime. What's your what's your take on that conspiracy theory by some people? The conspiracy theory may hold to some extent when they say that some of these other opposition candidates were killed by the regime. Yes, it holds because when you look at characters like Katumba, Nancy, and others, they were not anywhere near the Ugandan politics. And one of those where they raise the required registration fee, the 20M by the Electoral Commission, then when you also have to put serious questions on what we are really doing before, then that one feeds into that conspiracy theory to hold. Then when you look at it alternatively, even the new candidate and the new camp per se, they just got into this campaign without properly studying what are they, what are they going for. When you look at the many complaints they raise, some of these complaints don't hold. You are going in a political race, you have to expect a special hazards. One of those special hazards you expect in Africa, you expect that resilience from the police and other security quarters. So when it comes, you have to deal with it adequate preparation, you have to deal with the legal team, the media team, the what, but all the time to cry out, looking for sympathy where they don't, they are not easy coming, it also lowers uh, down the morale of the voters. They look at you as not being serious, or uh, if they get you in power, you will not stand there for them to fight for their 
dynamics of their causes because you have already presented yourself that you cannot withstand the military firepower <laughs> already <laughs> in Africa is a, a proof for one to be capable of leading a country. Then secondly, when we look into these campaign teams, originally NRM as a party, the president used to go around the country, the country, he used to have these regional giants, but this time around he got these regional giants with him. He is moving a soul or an isolated campaign. He is moving alone. When you look at the people moving the win, some of these people don't merit the clout that it used to get him the vote in the past. So we identify that even within the NRM camp, maybe things are not going on well. <laughs> when you look at the new people, they suffer that one. They don't have these regional names, people who are regional giants. They just move with a club. With the, they have a minority cycle in the very people who are maybe they are the very people not bringing in Mukono. Mm. What what we had expected that if Luke goes in Mukono, we will respect those elders, respected opinion leaders in Mukono to be around them. When they go in Mwende, the same. When they go in Arua, the same. But they have a minority group, they move around. It is not that these people also command respect within all these other places. So it also talks much that these people did not do what they are supposed to do well ahead in the time. Thank you so much, okay. uh, Siraji Insanja, political analyst and political science lecturer at Kampala University. Thank you so much for talking to us and uh, have a nice day. Okay, okay. Good day, bye. Let's go! Radio. The Fat Boy Show.